What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Happy Thursday evening to everybody out in KLRN land. Hope you survived Halloween. And we are going to guide you into the weekend a day early here on The Culture Shift. This is Brad Slager, entertainment writer with a number of outlets. And I have brought along just so much packed entertainment news for you this evening that I need help carting it around. And so... Joining me here every fortnight is America's most laser-focused and digitized Amish individual, Ordy Packard. What is going on, Ordy? So you're using me for my buggy? Pretty much, yeah. You got. <laughs> it's kind of like when you know you got a pickup truck and everybody needs you to move. You got the horse. So friends help you move. Real friends help you move bodies. Exactly. So how's so, what's going? going on? Well, I'm kind of in. Uh, I don't know. Things could get interesting later because I am uh, I'm, I'm diving through a lot of wedding leftovers here. <clears throat> Had a Halloween themed wedding over the weekend, and so as a result, I'm uh, I'm picking through some of the leftover bourbon, as well as uh, got some Stella going that was left over, and some pudding shots as well. So, nice. like, were they actually sealed bottles, or were you just grabbing drinks off the tables as walking out the door? <laughs> no, no, no. We were, I was actually the caterer. So. Okay. See, when you said wedding leftovers, I just pictured your fridge just packed with pigs in a blanket. Now, well, the wife was in charge of the uh, food stuffs and I was in charge of the drink stuffs. So As I is proper. Had a, had a keg going, which nobody fricking touched, sons of bitches. And then uh, a lot of liquor, a lot of wine. I gotta say, my crowd disappointed me. They weren't as uh, weren't as active with the imbibing as I thought. So, what kind of beer in the keg? Just curious. I I had to settle with Bud Light. I had to I had to play to the crowd. And I I was Did you offered... gone eight oh five, or you know, no no it was uh I had a shot at some Stella at cost, but. I looked at everybody else who's drinking. I was like, if I don't bring Bud Light, it's going to piss everybody off. So, you know, it's that kind of crowd I deal with. If I bring the good stuff, they get angry. Plus getting that, you know, Euro style keg pump. is just such a pain in the ass. Yeah. Well, that we had, you know, I still got contacts into business. So oh, yeah, that's right. That, was, that wasn't the problem. It was more of a, <laughs> the big problem was the fact that I had to cart the son of a bitch around everywhere. So, like, Saturday, literally the truck bed was completely filled with coolers for all the stuff, and I had to load everything. So I had to throw the damn keg in and out of the truck about six times over the weekend, 
fish cooler full of ice, loaded that up by myself. All the incidentals. So yeah, by Sunday night, I was a useless wreck, and we just sat there and watched football on the sofa with the keg between us, trying to kill the damn thing. As is proper. Yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And uh, one of our good friends made pudding shots up. We've got some leftovers of that. So I have, uh, I think it's chocolate rum chata. And she said whipped cream vodka she made it with. And then she adorned it with skeleton tombstone candies on the top to go with the theme of the fantastic. So that, that is absolutely fantastic. I call it art. How you know, about a lot of people throw the word art around, but in this case, yeah. it works. <laughs> I used to do it, and then the son of a bitch gained too much weight. <laughs> See what I did there? Oh, look at you. Uh, how about yourself? How's everything in California? You know, it's okay. We're we're going through a cold snap right now, so it like went it went winter on me for like thirty six hours, and we're supposed to be back in the seventies by this weekend. So I'm uh. I'm thinking I might play hooky. Well done. Well done. Yeah. (laughs) There's this flu going around. (laughs) Now that I joked about it, I'll fucking get it. Well, now that you've jinxed yourself. Um, I did have a question, though. I wanted to find out. Yes. With the arrival of Elon Musk now, have you reacquired all 17 of your old Twitter accounts? (laughs) Not yet. Um but I, and a lot of that, you know, he has actually said that it's a process. There's going to have a council. They're going to, you know, parse everybody out by severity of their, you know, crime that they committed against the old guard. It's like releasing <laughs> political prisoners. You got to figure out, okay, were they just, you know, did they just scrawl some chalk note on the sidewalk or did they firebomb the Reichstag? You, you got to, mm-hmm. you know, got to balance it out. And 17 is actually low. I would have to go through uh, the green room DM room to see how many of my old accounts are in there to see exactly <laughs> how many accounts. There's a, there's a couple DM rooms in where like of the 10 members, I'm eight of them. So, <laughs> the DM has a little closet that just says Ordy. And yeah. It's just filled with Ordy all these skeletons. old suits that doesn't wear anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, I just haven't given them to goodwill yet. Yeah, I'm waiting to see then if um, Elon Musk does the proper totalitarian move and takes his political prisoners that he doesn't want and just, you know, like sends them across to Instagram. <laughs> Go get out of here. You're their problem now. That kind of thing. Well, as you know, as I didn't receive it in time for uh, the show, but a friend of mine sent me a, a screen grab on Discord of how bad Meta is doing. That they've lost. Hang on, let me bring it up. Real quick, just so I can relay the tragedy that it is. Uh, yeah, Meta is down uh, 35.37% in the last month. Wow. If you don't know, Meta is the parent company of Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, so on, so on. Hard to, uh, hard to shed a tear over that one. Yeah, Primarily because you know, I don't own stock. They, they fucked around and they found out. Mm-hmm. No, it's um, it's one where I'm not I'm not too upset about this. I think something might be a little underreported, but it was about what four to six months ago when they had that big squabble with Apple, and Apple was 
putting the big block on anything ad related from Facebook. Yeah. That had to have had an effect. Oh, I'm sure it did. I mean, as much as I talk shit on Apple, I do have to begrudgingly recognize that they are over 50% of the uh, global market. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really get away from, I mean, I just have them on the phone by default, but that's my only involvement. I can't stand Apple laptops. I, yeah, I, I, I know people who swear by them. I'm just like, this is, I, they, they ask me to work on their apples for them. I look, I said, you're asking me to learn German. Fuck off. <laughs> I, I mean, only have five accounts in the green room. That's surprising. But how many green rooms do you have? <laughs> There's just the one. <laughs> now, my main thing with Apple is just, I mean, you know, they their operating system kind of makes sense compared to Windows. You just have to relearn some stuff. But I just, my biggest problem is how much of their hardware isn't compatible with stuff we need to do. Like if I'm podcasting with somebody on an Apple, there's trouble, you know, that kind of crap. So I don't, I avoid it for that reason. It's not any kind of. I mean, I, I give Lou a tremendous amount of credit that she was able to figure out how to produce on a fucking Apple. And I understand that apples are, you know, they, they, there is software solely designed for streaming. And Apple, they're really good at crunching, you know, video and everything. They're good at, it's like I've always said, being a PC repair tech, I've always said Apple is really, really good at 20 things. Windows is half-assed at everything. You can do (laughs) everything on Windows, but it's half-assed. Apple does 20 things really well, and that's it. Gaming is not one of them. Yeah, they're, they're they're like QuickTime and FlashTime and stuff like that has been problematic over the years. But it's just with me, it was just I, I remember going through some old podcasts through the crap. Like we tried to do various things, you know, bring in a guest or do this or do that, and came to find out that the hitch in the entire thing is that my co-host is working on an Apple. Like they could, they were on their Android phone and were able to do things that they couldn't do on the laptop and couldn't figure out why. And I was like, I'm pretty damn sure that's it. Got to be a Steve Jobs issue. So, like in the universe of Apple, things work great, but when they try to get compatible, screw it. Yeah. So, that's my bias. Not that I really care or have them. It's just whatever's easiest as far as working with other people. Because I'm that mm-hmm. kind of guy, basically. Yeah, you know what? It, it really it's you know it's all about because you're a people person, so it's all about what makes it easier to. Yes, you know. I am a people. I, I was talking, by the way. Excuse me. <laughs> but uh as my dad used to say can i talk while you interrupt <laughs> good man that <laughs> um yeah so elon has uh taken over and from my rough estimate of things just getting a rough count here every single bitch in the media is upset about it yes which cracks um, me up all of them no end i mean <laughs> That the biggest complaint has been, and it, it's just almost uniform across the journalism landscape. Oh my God, he's letting people say stuff. Unfettered. On, God, I, every time I see that word in particular, I want to punch somebody in the throat. <laughs> Was like, it Taylor or Lorenz that had that bitch about Clubhouse that they're having unfettered conversations there? 
Um, yeah, I think she was the one that kicked it off. Yeah, she because she was lurking in these rooms, jotting down what people were saying and not yeah. being regulated in their saying of it. And they have unfettered thoughts. <laughs> people are talking in unfettered fashion. And didn't oh, she is that right? It was journals. <laughs> and did, was that cranky? I said, didn't she... Um, Crown it all off by by narking on them, getting the wrong person and the wrong accusation. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, covering herself with journalistic glory. Well, yeah, the, I mean, she you accused know. the CEO of Oracle of using the word retard. That's and, it. And the, in the room, they weren't even using it disparagingly. They were talking about the GameStop people with the right. when they were and crashing the stock market. It was an they, actual quote. But they named themselves. What was it? It was like the Wall Street retards or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that was Wall their Street, catchphrase. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's how it was used. But it was by somebody else, not who she accused of right. saying it, and then outed him in her article. Which get this, Taylor Lorenz had to have an article fixed. No way. I know well, it's shocking because you know, it's been you know, the oxygenarian is kind of slipping in her old age. <laughs> Happy eighty seventh birthday back on uh, I think it was the twenty first. By the way, Taylor. Uh, she cracks me up no end. I mean, she's just. But of all the people who hasn't threatened to leave Twitter, she is one of them. Uh, she's the only would... honest one then. Yeah. I wouldn't know. I've been blocked by Ms. Lorenz. Oh. I haven't. You know, actually, Twitter automatically blocks me for her. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> I know. Have you seen that? Some people have seen it. It's like, you know, you have been auto blocked as a uh, security feature. By Twitter to protect the user on the other end. Like, why doesn't that go in the other way? I've why not do I seen. Still, why do I still have three fall? Oh, yeah, I'll take a screenshot of it sometime. It's it's fucking hilarious. You you know what? Let me go by Taylor Lorenz. Is what? Uh, just a sec. If this person ever comes back, block them for me. You know she's got these contacts though in the tech industry. She has. People exactly- have tried to. She has a family member that works. It's not the Wayback Machine, but it's one of the other web archive portals. And they go in and if like if she deletes tweets, they'll go in the archive and remove them as well. So you can't go back and peg her for it. Right. Yeah. No, I've um, fear the flu did an excellent thread about that. Oh, that's right. He did, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, because somebody had outed her on that feature like about six months ago <laughs> it's like wow that is just she's gaming the system and then bitching about people that game the system i mean just can't get better than that but yeah the um the arrival of musk has people losing their mind over what he's suspected to do he hasn't really done anything yet right no literally he has actually done nothing except for troll people that's it yeah, I mean, it's like he's kind of blue skied proposals, you know, like, oh, anybody with a check mark has to pay eight bucks a month soon, maybe. Or not. like the journalists are losing their minds about that and and that people will be able to speak freely. And that we it this place is going to get horrible. It's like, oh, yeah, because it's been such a pleasant place otherwise. <laughs> well, it's funny because it's like I, I saw something on the um, the fact checking of the White House account. Now, you know, with right. um, whatever that service is. And somebody made the comment, oh, they're going to be doing this to the right, too, now, right? I'm like, congratulations on awaking from your multi-year coma. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to your first day on Twitter. I hope you find the place pleasant. 
No, I, I actually oh, I, uh, I posted a screenshot of it in because I am still auto blocked by Twitter, so it's in chat. No, I um, who was it? it? Was it's one of the Democrat operatives was complaining about the, the that the White House got fact checked. Yeah. This what is it? Bird beak or bird catch or something like that? I forget what they call it. Something like that. Yeah. But the funny thing is, it wasn't the fact checkers that dinged them; it was the users. Yeah, because it's not an actual Twitter thing. I mean, it's a tool you, that you can use on Twitter, like TweetDeck, but it's other users who subscribe to the service who help fact check these things. It's you know, it's crowdsourced fact checking. Yeah, and he, he was complaining now because he called it a right wing tool. Yes, because Which everybody I'm, knows Jack Dorsey is that you know, yeah, I mean, right wing, you know. I mean, they, the idiot that said it, his name is Sawyer Hackett, and he, he like, I don't know, works at a think tank, and uh, one of the Joaquin twins Castro? out of Texas. That's yeah. He works for Joaquin Castro. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was bitching about it, and I said, wow, that right-wing tool, huh, by Jack Dorsey from two years ago that was rolled out on the platform. Right, but, yeah, because this thing came out in, like, 2021, early 2021. Basically, what he's bitching about is that that tool is being used now by everybody, not just one side. That's the complaint. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They hate that. But then I had to also send him the link to PolitiFact that also fact checked the White House claim that was incorrect. <laughs> but if he's like saying, oh, they dinged, it's not fair they dinged him on it because it just, it's like a little nuance to it. It's like, you dipshit. That's what the fact checkers rely upon. Yes, being pedantic is actually a skill. It is, it is you know, part of the fact checker skill set. Like one of my favorite from this year was uh, one of the one of the right to life activists had said that the governor of Colorado just made abortion legal all the way up to nine months, and they they rated it completely false, not even like half true or completely false, while verifying that everything that was said was one hundred percent accurate. I think that meter sticks. I mean, it was hilarious just to read through this. Like, I, I was waiting one of the few times I read the entire article, and I'm waiting for where the discrepancy comes into play. And the closest they came was, well, this had been a law already, and only 1% of the people actually get that abortion. So, And he just codified it, according to you. So that means he did sign it, and you can get an abortion at nine months, correct? <laughs> False. Yeah. It's true. All so with that. that one, they didn't even use nuance. It was just, eh, we're just going to put false on there and then fill in the rest of the article later, I guess. I remember. But yeah, the, the, the people losing their minds on this. I, I love the one guy, was it Friday, I think I saw, who said, I'm not going anywhere. He's going to have to kick me out. In response to him being mad that he's not kicking people off of Twitter. Right. Huh? Wait, you're, so you're pissed off he's not banning people and you're not going to move, quit until he does not kick you off is your point huh? and, and the the new thing is i mean he floated the 20 dollar thing because he knew it would just make everybody insane so first he said you know what i'm gonna charge blue checks 20 dollars a month and then everybody loses absolutely loses their shit and he's like, oh, okay you know maybe we'll make it eight bucks and then 
people like Stephen King, AOC, a bunch of people are still absolutely losing their shit over eight bucks a month. Yep. I'm like, so maybe being a social media influencer doesn't pay as well as we thought. <laughs> and I, I really want to tell that Angela big forehead chick that, hey, you can get your blue check back now. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just been amazing. Like one of the one of the Parkland parents, Fred Gutenberg, was on here. This place has become an absolute pit sty hellhole because of all of this stuff. It was like the day after he walked into headquarters. Not, you know, it's like it's, he, he made it sound like Elon walked in and just started flipping switches like crazy. They you are know, off, so off. set on crafting a narrative that um, that they believe it. Yeah, and everybody was pretty much saying the same thing. It's like I not noticed like seven hundred Nazi posts in my timeline. <laughs> Right. It was like, yeah, Fred, maybe if you don't do a search on those hateful terms, you won't find them. I'm just going to throw that out there. Well, yeah, mess- they're, they're- no, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I, I, it's, a, it's a two-person show, and your producer can't shut up tonight. I apologize. <laughs> well, that's okay. The producer I, is what has always been welcome to join in. But when he tries, he screws everything up. Sorry, gents. Um, just want to say, I mean, I'll, I will back off for a while. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, they put it – they are so used to owning the message that um well one um this is what they're terrified of it two um you know they craft a message and it's incredible okay so musk takes over that means there's going to be a 500 percent increase in hate and that was enough for tia leone to read it and like storm off in a huff that's exactly what they're getting they're creating like you said with gutenberg I, I well, wrote it down. I read it. I believe it. That settles it. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, they act like the block feature doesn't work anymore. Well, and that's the thing is that they're such a big fan of these two, all these tools that Twitter has put in, like the auto block one from Taylor Lorenz that I posted in there. But the actual core tools, mute, block, mute conversation. You can even mute specific words. Like if I never, anyway. Um, <laughs> just use the tools at hand and then you don't have to see it. You know, those of us grownups who have used minds, yes, there are a lot of edgelords on minds who like to be very cringe and edgy and, you know, do their whole racist, anti-Semitic thing. Block. And then it goes away. And it's just me that my few followers and all the large breasted Vietnamese women who love me just for me that are on there. It just it it marvels me, and and then AOC completely just lost her shit yesterday. Well, okay. Aside from my favorite part of that, all of that was like, well, okay, just you know, if you don't like it, an eight dollar fee, just consider it a tax. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, or how about this? Don't pay it. It's, it's not like yeah. you're required. You know, but you have to have that blue check. You know, here I am speaking as a blue check. I'm but... a representative of that. United States Congress, I deserve to be heard for free. Well, you can be. You're not being censored. You're just taking away your little validation thing. Yeah. No, if it's that important to you, you'll pay for it. No one's shutting you up. You just don't have the cute little badge on your lapel anymore. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And I, I love the fact that, like, this weekend, she, oh, no, yesterday, I think it was. She said she logged on and that image of the chicken head came on instead of her timeline. Elon Musk is picking on me and won't let me see my stuff. 
And I'm like, bitch, I saw that this weekend too. And it would happen like on mobile, but not on the laptop. So it was some kind of reaction. They were probably rolling some new feature out or doing something. Well, I I get that quite frequently. If I like change from like, you know, home to notifications. And then I try to change the like, I say, oh no, I really wanted to go to mess uh, messages. If I change like things I'm loading too quick, then the little chicken head thing comes up. You know, that there's nothing to see here yet thing. Right. That's, yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm and looking then, at it too. And I was like, I, did, I lost my entire time. Like what's up? I, they must be making a change or something. Well, I didn't lose my change shit. that I actually like is that they brought back the see more thing. You know, you, mm-hmm. when you're scrolling, you say see more, and then it loads more of your uh, timeline because they took that away for a while. And then I would have to go back and forth between mentions and notifications, refresh five or six times, sacrifice a chicken, cross my fingers mm-hmm. and spit in my hat. And then maybe I might see 80 percent of the people who had replied to me or anything in that time. Yeah, I was just like, eh, well, I got to do something else. And then I, like five minutes later, I went to the computer and did something and. I was like, wait a second, where'd the chicken go? And it's like, oh, I guess that must be a mobile, something they're doing to mobile, not laptop. So, okay. That was it. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. I should have said Elon Musk is targeting Brad Slager because of his hot college football take, he said, in between uh, servings at the bar. The thing is, is she did that in the middle of getting absolutely owned by Elon. So that's a great excuse to not have to respond to you just getting shellacked. You know, when, it's like he posted her picture with a five and three ones. She had said something and he said, thanks for your uh, contribution, $8, please. <laughs> and then when she, when it continued on, he took a screenshot of one of the sweatshirts on her website. Oh, yeah. That she sells. And it was $58. And so, yeah, it just you got the money, honey. You bought yeah. a Tesla. Sell two of those shirts and you're covered for the year. It comes down to. I mean, it's just. I I love to see them just losing their shit like this, and it's, yeah, so they're good. they're trying to make it into a big deal when it's not. I mean, they NBC has they they have an article out. They're keeping a running list of all the celebrities leaving Twitter because of Elon Musk. Will no longer have the musings of Mick Foley the former professional wrestler known as Mankind who hasn't done anything in 10 years. Mm-hmm. We just lost him, folks. Hope you're happy. Tia Leone, Marina Sirtis, Counselor Troy from Star Trek Next Generation for you non-nerds. She is, she'll be missed because she won't be able to say things like, my heart goes out to the people of Texas, but that's what they get for voting for Republicans in response to the power outages last winter. <laughs> yeah. Because you know. it's not like she's working. She's not Alejandro. My heart goes out to them. My mind, meanwhile, can't stand those sons of bitches. Right. Alex Winter, I don't know what we're going to do with the less successful of the pair of Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was the other huge name. That has vacated social media. Yeah. I don't care what he has to say during the movie. Right. So, yes. Uh, not... Tony Braxton. Um, okay. You were great in the 90s. What have you done for yeah. you lately? <laughs> uh, Won't have yeah, an update I've... on her greatest hits album, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Sean yeah, Grimes. It... No, it doesn't. 
Oh, I see what you did. Yeah, right. <laughs> but then you also, okay, so these are the ones who have actually deleted their account. And I will give them credit for having the testicular fortitude and the wherewithal and the actual, you know, do what you say you're going to do and nuking your account. Granted, all they have to do is log in in the next 30 days and it'll be safe. And Elon will probably even keep it longer. But then you have the whole slew of ones like Ron Perlman um, and so on and so on and so on who haven't deleted their accounts yet. They're still there. So you're just not using it. You're still there because your ego demands that you still be there. Howard Dean. Howard Dean. <laughs> he made a big deal about it on like Friday. That's it. I just want to let everybody know I can't tolerate this anymore, and I'm against Elon Musk, and I will not be heard from again on this site. And then for the next couple hours, he, he was heard screen. from. Yeah. And then a few days later, he was still retweeting stuff, and people were like, Howard, how are you? You, you said you were leaving, buddy. What, what are you doing? I miss now? you if you don't go away. Yeah. <laughs> so... A lot of that going on. Um, I'm assuming they're tweeting from Canada. I would hope so. Where they moved a few years ago. Again, giving respect where it's due, Johnny Depp was the only one who did what he said he was going to do. He moved to France. Yeah. And I also don't understand this need to have, like, the grand flourish exit. You know, like, if you're pissed off at a social media site, then you just delete. Done. Nope. Well, I have to make the great announcement here. Let me explain to everybody here why I won't be heard from again. It's like, can you speed this up, please? Apparently, they think it's an airport where you have to announce your departures. <laughs> I mean, I barely go on Facebook anymore, and it wasn't like, that. it. I'm flipping tables. I'm out of here. It was like, you know what? This place kind of sucks. I'm not going to go back. You know, that's basically what it is. It's. You don't like a restaurant. I stopped going to the restaurant. I don't put 15-page review on Yelp about why I'm not going to the restaurant. Right. Because that's, I mean, the opposite of love isn't hate. It's apathy. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's not like, you know, you are the lover scored. You, oh, anyway. And who? what's a John Legend, his wife? Hasn't she quit Twitter like eight times or something? I just, I love these people. Yeah. I honestly love them. They adore what they do and don't do. But it's been fun. It's been, you know, and this is love Musk, hate him, don't care one way or the other. This is the, I, I, the reason why I like Musk is the same reason why I like Trump. And the mask falls and he drives people. He is probably. He's way more left than I am comfortable with anybody, you know. But the left looks at him because he's rational. He's not absolutely batshit insane. And because he does get meme culture. And one thing, he may be, you know, left libertarian, whatever you want to call him. But he is not so far up his own ass like these people he's making fun of. That's what I like about him. He exposes people for what they are. And that $8 thing, it it's the perfect litmus test because – if you buy it, then, I mean, you're either like me doing it to remove all gravitas from the blue check completely, or you are so far up your own ass that your ego demands you have it. 
Yeah, and I'm like, I mean, should it come to that? I'm not even convinced that it will, but if it does, I mean, I I probably won't do it because the only reason I got the blue check for the most part was to get me out of being throttled. So Correct. if it stays that way, I don't need to pony up eight bucks a month, do I? I mean, that's uh, that's basically my Peacock subscription or something like that. So uh, right. I won't have to lose a streaming service as a result. That's your Pluto TV. Ah, as we'll mention soon. Yes. Yes. But um, getting into the actual stars and not the ones who are departing. Uh-huh. One who might possibly make a return despite the upheaval on social media. The uh, new lords of Warner Brothers recently held a big uh, investors meeting. Let's see what you did there. Uh-huh. Trying, trying. Segue, yeah, Latin. No, that was a great segue. Um, they're announcing a desire to bring more Harry Potter content to movie screens, pending approval and agreement with J.K. Rowling. Rowling. I don't know how to pronounce her name in turf. Right. <laughs> how, how do you pronounce that in turf? Um, yeah, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. It, it's not because it's like, I mean, look, I never minded the Harry Potter thing it, all i wanted them to do was just watch another fucking movie and now that they all hate her i want to see more yeah just so i can watch them lose their mind because you know the controversial stance she has that somebody who's born a female is called a woman right i i gotta get on board with that radical agenda i'm sorry i i support her in that regard i don't think i've bought a single book. Oh, no, I did. I think it's a gift. I got some. She did like a three title digital book follow up. Like only available on Kindle or something. I don't know. I gave it as a gift, but that, that was my contribution to her billions. But I mean, if uh, she wants to, sure. But the thing is, they've tried this already with the Fantastic Beast series. And, okay. The Fantastic Beast, while not the eight movie run of the original books and not as well known it didn't do terrible it didn't lose money no no but it's uh i think they were slated for a five picture run they've had three so far and now it's in question see okay now here's my question about it okay one everybody was thinking that you know warner brothers again um Thank you, David Zaslav, for the many, many things that we will be thanking you for through the course of the show. But uh, one of them being that um, it was often speculated that Warner Brothers was trying to erase J.K. Rowling from the Harry Potter universe because her it's like her name kept getting smaller and smaller through the movies of you know, the um, Fantastic <laughs> Beast series where it was like, is she even tied to this? You know, or is this just Warner Brothers making up their own shit? Well, because Zaslav is going and making overtures to Rowling about, hey, we want to do more with you. You know, if you want, you great. Along with that, the reason why the Fantastic Beasts did so. I mean, not terribly. I mean, they made money. They're popular enough, but the reason why they weren't over the top was because of all the bullshit going on with David Johnny Depp at the time. So now that that's resolved, do they try to do it again? You're getting the band back together. 
kind of thing. Well, I think getting the dollar signs flowing again is what the that entirety is. of it is because he's his entire push now is franchises. So yes. he wants to get any of those type of properties up and rolling it. And it was even mentioned that cinematically they still have Lord of the Rings under their belt. Yeah, they do. And is, you know, I saw that to be interesting. Zaslav, you know, they had also, also asked, what's the future of DC? And Zaslav had said, we haven't made a Superman movie in 13 years. We got to get back into that. Franchises are important. So they're looking at the Disney model and seeing, okay, Disney has kind of shit the bed on that. Let's try and pick it up again. Though they do, the DCEU has just been a naked Chinese fire drill of mixed success and failure. Pretty much, yeah. It's almost like uh, when they release some hatchlings into the wild and some run straight to the water and others run around in a circle and some go into traffic and they've never been in the wild before, so they don't know what to do. Right. seems like their movie releases run this way when it comes to the DC. It's an absolute crapshoot. It abs, you know. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, they are sitting on some serious content. Second half of the show, we'll even talk about why Superman becomes uh, looming bigger. But in the same token that Warner Brothers is making a crap ton of money, Lionsgate ain't. This, okay, I, yeah, you don't hear a lot about Lionsgate. We talked about them, was it a year and a half ago when they picked Stars to be their exclusive streaming service? When we thought that's bold yet odd. Mm-hmm. And that didn't work out for well for them. Yeah, because, I mean, it's not like Stars is, well, I mean, I guess it is a streaming service, but you can get it as like an add-on. Right. It's like yeah, a, it, you know, it, a subscription it's the, base. It's the classier Cinemax. <laughs> of sorts. So it's not really like there's people clamoring for a star streaming service. Usually the only time I ever get reminded of it is if there's a particular title I'm trying to watch and on Amazon prime, it says you can get this if you have the subscription. Oh, which I'll subscribe for a month, digest some content. And then, but I mean, stars does get a lot of first run movies. I mean, I think they still have ghostbusters afterlife. Yeah. And it's probably a holdover from some contracts with the, on the cable side. Sure. That's where they were huge for when cable was huge. But yeah, I mean, the only time I see stars is when that happens. And then it's like, you know, hey, you can do a free trial for seven days. Okay. I'll do it for six. You know, right. Watch what I have to and done. That's not revenue coming in. No, it really isn't. And so, I, I mean, I'll, I'll admit that I have actually looking at my viewing habits. I'm leaning towards maybe dropping Hulu and picking up stars. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like I don't, I'm not married to a streaming service. It's all convenience for me. Like, I've got Peacock right now because I can get the Sunday night football game and it shuts everybody up. That's it. You know, come February, probably drop it. Yeah. Pick it up again when the uh, Kentucky Derby comes around. That's about it. Hang on a sec. We've got breaking news regarding to our uh, previous. This just dropped in chat. 
Uh, in an email sent company-wide, Twitter confirms there will be layoffs tomorrow. Everyone in the company will receive an email about their role at 9 a.m. Pacific. Oh, damn. <laughs> and this goes with speculation that they're going to be firing 3,500 people tomorrow. Anyway, moving on. Ooh. Well, I mean, that... Uh, thanks, Danielle. Got to just do a callback, too, on last Friday. <laughs> with they two guys... Oh, oh, the God. two guys that brilliantly hoaxed the media. Yeah. <laughs> Their reporters camped out at the headquarters, so these two guys wanted to play them. They got... God each, bless you, Ligma. Each of them got a termination box and just threw, like, plants and stuff in there. Right. <laughs> I'm walking out and got just descended upon. One guy called himself Ligma. The other one's last name was Johnson. Right. And the press didn't pick up on this. You know, it reminds me of that, okay, Cranky, correct me if I'm wrong. It was KTVU that got into trouble for when the uh, Malaysian airliner crashed or some some airliner crashed where they uh, believed an internet joke that uh, the pilot's name were Ho- Holy Shit, Holy Chit, and some Tang Rong. <laughs> yes. Okay. I recall this. But it was, for me, amusing because it got picked. It wasn't like... One or two reporters got done. This was on NBC, Bloomberg, Reuters. Getty yeah, Images had photographs of these two guys. They were selling for $500 per to the news nets. Right. <laughs> and finally, like that afternoon, somebody said, how are you a tech reporter and have never seen that meme before in your life? Right. Yeah, because, <laughs> okay, speaking again of Taylor Lorenz, she was all over it. My heart goes out to these poor Twitter employees and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, I heard about it tangentially at first. And the first thing that tripped in my mind was when I heard the guys quote that, man, this is really a blow because I don't know how I'm going to pay for my Tesla now. Right. I just bought a <laughs> Tesla. I'm not going to be able to make the payments. I was like, that is brilliant. Wait a second. <laughs> God, I love the crowdsource autism of the internet. But it like it never dawned on these reporters at once. I was just like, maybe we ought to check on this. Like, can we cross-reference a name with payroll or something? Talk to HR, find out if these <laughs> nah, run it. Yeah. Got to love it. But yeah, Lionsgate is uh, losing her ass now. One point eight billion. Damn. Right. Sorry, I got a gnat buzzing around my screen. Yeah, $1.8 billion in the most recent quarter. That's not yeah, even I, for the year. That's third quarter. Um, I'm suspecting there could be some sell-off of the tr- – what's in the vaults pretty soon if that keeps up. Holy crap. I mean, that's significant. And – well, and a lot of it, Pete, you're wondering why we were talking about stars. A lot of this has to do with the restructuring changes at stars itself and its international operations. It's just, they were talking about selling it, but now, you know what? They're, they're just going to fucking double down. But yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like they've been left behind because what, in the last three years or so, you know, streaming became the go-to. And it's it's almost like they didn't move fast enough. Stars was subsisting on the cable business. Lionsgate probably figured they had enough content to sell to the streamers. 
you know, because at the time they were just whatever they had in the vault, they could sell off to Netflix and make a mint off of it, you know, like Mad Men and stuff like that. And then when the contract was up, they were banking on what, 500, 600 million for that contract, whoever would pick that one up. Yeah. That, but that now, would sound a lot of bleeding. You have to wonder, do they have Paul Krugman on their advisory board streaming? It's just a fad. <laughs> yeah, this will work out. Trust me. I have a... Laserdisc is coming back. You don't want to get into that streaming. <laughs> yes, there you go. I heard they're doing beta testing. Are they bringing Betamax back? Let's try that. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing that they've, you know, they're, they're kind of really the odd studio out now. You know, they they don't... really are. And that's Lionsgate used to be one of like the big, and then they, like we said, we scratched our head. It's one of those, this is why we love this industry because why the fuck would you do this? They went exclusive to stars. Um, all of their international market became Stars Play, which now they're rebranding to Lionsgate Plus because apparently that plus symbol signifies success in the streaming world. <laughs> As CNN can attest. But yeah. Can't miss. Cannot miss. Yeah, it's it's odd to watch because they it, it really, I think what it is, is all the majors had their multinational corporation they were attached to so they were the ones to start streaming so you know nbc backed by universal disney's got their gig warner's hooked with hbo you know there's that overlord partnership going on that lionsgate lacked they were the overlord to stars effectively which is smaller not bigger so they got kind of hosed out of getting into the market hard to uh hard to see where they're gonna go but Warner and HBO, surprisingly, to a degree, I guess you could say surprisingly, they're actually doing good. They're closing in on 100 million subscribers. Which, I mean, okay, a lot of that, there's a little bit of shenanigans and bullshit behind that, too. In oh, yeah. that, if, if you're an AT&T customer, you are subscribed to HBO+, Plus, whether you want to be or not. You, you're Okay, let me rephrase that. You are included in their numbers, whether you subscribe or not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a little bit of fuckery in those numbers, but still, they're making money. Plus, it's HBO. They've been around forever. And they just had, oh, gee, it's like nobody watched House of the Dragon. <laughs> so. Well, I think the other thing, too, is, I mean, not that what you're saying isn't valid, but I think that inflation has already taken place as well. Sure. That, that was like their initial but growing off of that was the impressive part to me so yeah it's not like they're sitting stagnant you know it's not like apple that just had oh you get a new apple phone you get apple plus for a year yay hey new subscriber you know that kind of yeah exactly which by the way i actually i just signed on to apple plus for the first time i'm getting three months for free (laughs) i would have to buy an apple to do that uh but to your point, which is, I mean, uh, Warner Brothers and Discovery saw subscriptions at um, HBO, HBO Max, and Discovery Plus rise to $95 million combined. Got to say, I'm impressed. Yeah. But, but, I mean, they've got, you know, the content over there. I mean, they've got the Marvel movies. They've got the Lord of the Rings going on. So there's something there. You know, there's some value. and They've got the Harry Potter. They've got... Yeah, they've got um, New Who, which get, is part of BBC America. You know, they've got the BBC America thing. 
and that's you know, without even getting into the discovery thing. That's just HBO Max. Mm. So yeah, I mean, it's I, I can see them being competitive. Like I mean, it's they've they've pretty much been in that third fourth place range since streaming really exploded. I'd say they're legit. I'll give it to them. So it's not uh, it's not a freak of nature. It's just kind of surprising that there's still growth in this industry because there's just so many damn options anymore. I, I still have to wonder how I mean, because we've talked about this a lot over the years, how much of it is growth and how much of it is just rearranging deck chairs? You know, it's like, OK, I've digested House of the Dragon. So now it's time to cancel my HBO Max subscription, go over to Netflix. I'm going to catch the last system, last season of Stranger Things because I forgot about that. And then, OK, I'm going to mm-hmm. cancel that and I'm going to go over to, you know, Peacock or Paramount Plus or whatever. So. Yeah, it works. I mean, it's it's going to be that for a couple of years, I, I, I get a feeling down the road it's got to get into like six month plans, twelve month plans, that kind of thing. Well, not just that, but I think it'll also shake out where people. I mean, because there are so many streaming services, and we always wanted a la carte TV, that people will finally, you know, stop sowing their wild oats, as it were, and settle on their streaming services, settle for the content that they're going to be, you know, they're comfortable with. You know, I mean, to the point of that too, it's like even Rick said last night. After all the talk of over all the years of him and I talking about, it, he has finally cut the cord. He's finally canceled his dish subscription. So yeah, I mean, it just makes happened. sense. We did that about a year or so ago ourselves, and yeah, the only real pain in the ass has been with the NFL trying to figure out where to stream the out of town games that she wants to watch. Right, but beyond that, yeah, it's just it's going to be fun to watch, and I think. The next iteration, it looks like everybody's going to go with, like, the fast option. You can drop in anytime you want and watch for free with commercials, and then they'll tease all of their prime content on your subscription. You know, that's not a bad model. You know, that's you – know, I mean, that's the drug dealer model. First one's free. Sure. You know, and that's always worked. But, you know, talking about fasts, Pluto – is the first fast to actually get recognized by the Nielsen's. Look at us segueing like some bitches here tonight. I know. Yes. And if, if, if you're new to the show and you're not familiar with the fast is that's a free ad supported television. That's a streaming service that has like what I, I refuse to call IMDB TV by its new name and, <laughs> and others like that. Pluto being one of them. Now Pluto is owned by um, Paramount, which is interesting. Well, Pluto cracks me up because, I mean, it's, it's been around forever. I've, I've been watching it probably for five years because they've had the Mystery Science Theater channel going right. the way back when. And then they added Rift Tracks channel. Which is fantastic. <laughs> you guys have a customer. But right. there's, every time I flip on it, though, it's like the damn numbers are getting bigger. They have like 500 channels now. Like they have dedicated channels to specific shows. The Baywatch channel. Stuff like this. I mean, there's what was that the other day? The wife was getting excited because she used to watch Charmed all the time, and they pulled that off on one of the streamers. And she's like, "Wait a second, there's a Charmed channel on Pluto." I was like, "There you go. See, there you you're, have it. You're welcome, honey." Pluto. Okay, Pluto does things pretty well. I mean, again, for 
ads. If there was a pay version that didn't have the ads, I would be all over that. Um, but uh, it's it, being recognized by the Nielsen's. That means that you broke out. You have finally captured 1% of the total televisions in the U.S. where you're not just lumped into the ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, others. You, you now you're a thing. You're real mm-hmm. because Apple TV doesn't have it. Peacock, Paramount, they don't have it. And those are the pay services that own or Pluto. Well, I wonder too, and I'm sure this is the case, I think Roku, you know, like the Roku channel, as they call it, I think that's powered by Pluto. I believe you're right. Like if I scroll through it, I see a lot of the similar channel layouts. I was like, wait a second. They stole. Oh, they're getting this from. So they, I think they've either licensed or got some agreement. So I'm sure the Roku numbers are piling on the Pluto. And I want to say there's at least one or two other apps that you can download that are fast related and they have a similar setup. And it might, it's almost like streaming syndication going on. Right. And I do like that whole powered by Pluto because that makes like Pluto the the fast search search engine. You know. It's like then you, if there were okay, that is that's actually a smart business thing. Pluto could sell themselves to other streaming services as the we have everything. You pick what you want. You kind of like if mm-hmm. Chiller were to revamp their streaming presence. Yeah, and I, mean, I think like, there's some variation of that because if you go to Pluto, they've got like I said, hundreds of channels. But if you go to Roku, I think they might have like 125. Right. And, is to be or one of those others, you know, they might have 50 they've chosen or something. So there, there might be like a block pricing. Okay. Get X amount of channels at this price level, 125 at another level and branded as your own. Maybe split some of the advertising and they get credit for the ratings. And why not? I mean, that's a hell of a business yeah. model. Sure. I just noticed this because when I was, I don't know, a couple of years ago, one of the new TVs, I was loading up some of the apps. I was like, oh, that's a cool look one. That's a cool look one. And I'm exploring. It's like, wait, this is, that's the same content. Wait, I already it's, got that. It's, and that's when it started dawning on me. It's like, I think they're sharing something here. Cool. So, but no, it's interesting that they're going to now be looked at in the ratings. They're, they're big enough to tick a box now on the Nielsen bucks. Yeah. In the month of August, this is when the, um, they're pulling the numbers from uh, Pluto had 70 million monthly active users where Peacock had 28 million and Paramount plus. They, I mean, they, they generate the cash on the subscription model, but on the fast, not so much. But that's also where you compensation comes into play with the ad dollars from the commercials. So. Well, yeah, I mean, that's how YouTube surpasses Netflix. No, it's, so it's kind of cool to see is, I mean, we do it on the show. We're watching streaming evolve uh-huh. on a regular basis. It's just amazing to watch. Hey, where do you speak of streaming? I got some ratings here since it's oh, my really? turn to segue. <laughs> looking at the, uh, looking at the streaming There's one I wanted to look at. Um, we'll get the overall in a second. I wanted to check the movies and sure enough, blow my mind. I still can't wrap my head around this. Top movie, Hocus Pocus 2. 
I not why. And just, it wasn't even close. I mean, uh, I mean, I get why, but why? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and I was forced to watch it, and I still don't. <laughs> huh? <laughs> so, yeah, um, they hit a billion minutes. This was touted as the biggest debut on Disney Plus for a movie. And apparently it was. Holy damn. So it's a rare number one slot for Disney Plus. <laughs> you know what? My uh, streaming numbers don't have uh, movies. I oh, just got original uh, and acquired. Oh, you're not on the uh, Nielsen site? No. Oh, hang on. Let me bring that up. Yeah, no, I was on uh, HR streaming numbers. Mm. Please hold. <laughs> yep. Nielsen.com slash top 10. That'll get you top stroke 10. Only movie with over a billion minutes and also in the top five, Disney Plus, the original Hocus Pocus. So, yeah, I guess the uh, the girls are really excited. Weeks ago. As Good. Can, I can attest we had a, a bunch of them come over to the house to watch it for some damn reason. I had to. They were, they were busy gabbing at one point, and I did put on Lost Boys for a while just to try to infuse a little bit of true Halloween magic. But uh, getting in next into original series, Dahmer still still logging it. Holy damn. Yeah. At 2.35, hang on. I will do the math. 2.35 billion minutes. You talk while I'm doing the math. Which would take one person to view in a time span of. Carry the three. That is always does blow my mind. But then um, also registering prime video. 471 years. Yeesh. That's just. That just blows my mind every single time. But uh, Lord of the Rings is still drawing them in there for Prime Video. Just under a billion minutes viewed on that series. Cobra Kai, that's bringing them in. <laughs> they love that damn show. Uh, let's see. And I, I guess this is some cagey marketing on the part of Netflix, because they also have the Jeffrey Dahmer tapes. Yeah, confession, Conversations with a Killer. Confession. Conversations with a killer. Three episode doc. Grabbing another half a mil. Half a bit. Yeah. You got the great British bacon show. Coming in six. Of course we do. Or do you? I mean, uh, Aggie just loved that show. Yeah. We were talking it up the other night, too. And I was like, uh-huh. she's like, I don't know. It's so pleasant and so nice. And it's like, that's why these bitches lost the war. Learn to compete, you assholes. Um, this one shocks me, though. She Hulk. Cracks the top ten. How? As hated as that is, I'm, I'm, all, all I heard was the numbers were dropping with each episode. How the hell is this one hitting? Hmm. Handmaid's Tale number eight. How? <laughs> because already next week we're going to be experiencing that firsthand oh, for the first time in our lives. Because if the Republicans are to be elected, we will be sunk into the hand. 
Watch another show. Just watch MSNBC any damn night. They reference Handmaid's Tale 75 damn times. A week, a day. You can live it right there. Rounding out the top 10 is Andor. And see, now this one's a slow burn. Uh, It's not like an over-the-top like they tried to do with like Obi-Wan or the other ones. Andor is really... It does have fan service, but in the I mean, it's what the kind of what the fans wanted. So while it's not getting great reviews, the people who are giving it bad reviews aren't Star Wars fans in the first place. Yeah, it almost strikes me as like a placeholder series for for from Disney's perspective. Like it's all right, we'll we'll give them this. This will this will keep them occupied for a bit. Like we're not really hardcore on it, and yet there's actual quality to it. Like I've only right. heard really good things about it. Not. Like, oh, this piece of crap. Oh, here's another Kathleen Kennedy. And it's like, right. wait, no, this is what you're supposed to be doing, kind of reaction. So they they don't seem to be trying to appeal to the mass audience. It's like, okay, fanboys, here's your thing. Keep you happy for a couple of months before our next one comes out. Yeah. Before and the they're next saving a- pile. Of- yeah. Before our next marketing fiasco takes place. But then uh, looking at the overall Dahmer... Knocks everything out of the park, of course. Hocus Pocus 2 is the second one. More than Lord of the Rings. That cracks me up. A one-off movie beat seven episodes of Lord of the Rings. Damn. That surprised me. Yes. And, uh... House of Dragon, Coca Melon's in there. (laughs) Okay, so that's... Here's what I don't get. How is House of Dragon an acquired series? Um, that's a fine question. Like acquired from who? Yeah. Whom. I mean, okay. So whom? So is it an acquired series because it's on HBO proper? I mean, the original. Um, see, th- this is, these, hmm. this is the shit that keeps me up at night. How does this qualify as an acquired series when it's an HBO max original? That might be the case. That's the only thing I can make sense of. Like, it was considered a cable release, not streaming. I, but again, didn't it come out at the same? I, I, you know what? We're going to have to investigate that further. If only you had asked this question before the show. Well, if I only had, yes. <laughs> so anyway, right. 921 million minutes viewed. All to say impressive, nonetheless. But mm-hmm. Coca Melon. Edging out Coca Melon, so I guess they have that going for them. Which is nice. <laughs> Otherwise, that would have hurt. All right. Well, you want to, uh, should we take a break? Yeah, again, hang on. Number oh. seven. What's number seven on the list? Well, NCIS, of course. No. Well, you're, you're looking at overall. I'm talking on acquired. Oh, oh, sorry. Boom. Um, Game of Thrones? Yeah. How? Um, I think that I think that that's it. I think it's because it was originally an HBO program. They are considering it's HBO gotta be, right? Max. But that, but that actually predated HBO Max, right? Yeah. When did House of Dragon come out? But House of Dragon is new this year, so it did not right. predate, predate House of Yes. Oh, by the way, number nine, 
Way to go. The Simpsons. Unacquired. A little surprising. Only be, I mean, it's, that's been on Disney Plus for months already. I know. That's why. I mean, okay, so you figure all the binging of the 667 episodes that are on Disney Plus, if if you're binging The Simpsons, that will, that's an insane number of episodes. So, you know, most shows are lucky to make it to 100. Right. 600 episodes. Jesus Christ. I'm I thinking this is uh, about 400 episodes ago. Yeah, same here. I've been years since I've watched. I can only guess it's all the people working at home probably wake up in the morning and put it on in the background. Which, going like, with my 31 days of Boingo, Danny Elfman wrote the score for The Simpsons. And you didn't do We Close Our Eyes, did you? Fuck. No, I didn't. I held out for it, too. I was like, it's coming. I know it's going to come. I know it's coming. No, that I was that was my guilty pleasure. Okay. Did you like my mini the moocher one though? Oh hell yeah. Yeah, you got to uh, y- replete y- with the animation. Well, the thing is, I had to do the uh, safe for work version because the not safe for work is actually from Forbidden Zone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, true. Got got to appease the fans in the workplace. Yeah. I was gonna have uh, I was gonna have uh, Cranky play us out with we close our eyes too, and I just got caught up in other crap. Well, he can when we leave. He can replace the uh, living color. That's all right. No big deal. All right. So why don't we do our break, and then okay. uh, That's good, when we I'm come back, here. we've got uh, brand new movie content, stuff in the works that we need to cover. It seems like be a streaming to open and prospective cinema to close it out. So give us. Two minutes and 56 seconds. Uh, sir, we, we've updated the song. It's three minutes 54 now. You really you really got to feed me these numbers before the show. I apologize. I, I thought the I, guy was, told you. That's okay. Um, all right. So, everybody, you have your break, and I'm going to spend the next three-plus minutes flogging our producer, and we will be right back here with The Culture Shift. Giggity.
come back to me for a job. You made your bed. Now sleep in it. And welcome back to the culture shift as we are walking you through all of the important information regarding your entertainment options. Brad Slager here with Ordy Packard. And as I said earlier, I just uh, subscribed to HBO Plus for a duration. I'm all about Mythic Quest right now. Love that show. Okay. That is that thing is supremely well done. I got to say, they have about two or three home run hits every episode, but the rest of it's pretty cool to watch. I'm a big Rob McEnany fan, anyway. Sure. Sonny in Philadelphia always rocks me. He plays that role too. I thought he was going to do it either like a real stupid idiot guy or a real cocky some bitch, and he's kind of modulated it as like a wise geek. I was like, man, I'm okay. even impressed by that. And real engaging show, though. And I'll just say it. Highly recommended by the show here. But uh, notice this. Coming up in, uh, let's see, probably about two weeks from tonight, actually, I think, is when it debuts. Did you see they've done a new Christmas story movie? Yes. Yes, I'm actually, okay, so two weeks from tonight, you know what that means. We can talk about it on our show two weeks from now. Depending on what time it debuts. But yeah, we right. might have they, a review. They, they did a very slow burn uh, teaser trailer for it. Um, and, you know, it's got some sound clips from the original Christmas story. And uh, But uh, yeah, it's um, A Christmas Story Christmas, the actual official sequel to A Christmas Story. Not the Christmas Story musical that Peter Billingsley was also involved in. Except they did do a Christmas Story too about ten years ago. Yeah, but I don't think that was official. No, I don't think so. Huh. So it's. I don't know. Uh, I guess maybe they call that Sino Christmas Story in name only. Sure. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's not canon, but uh, yeah, Peter Billingsley. It's coming back, reprising the role now as the father. And it looks like at least one of the children he acted with returns as a grown up. Sure. It would be, you know, it's kind of like remarketing on the success of Cobra Kai, I think. But one thing I noticed is like for when Glenn Beck still had Blaze TV, he had Peter Billingsley on. And it was like that meme with the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other. <laughs> they look exactly alike. I, you, you, I would be hard, at least at the time, I would be hard pressed to tell the difference between Peter Billingsley and Glenn Beck. Maybe that's what inspired Beck to go with the goatee. Possibly. He got he got sick and tired of them saying that. But yeah, Billingsley looks remarkably like himself in the original movie. They right. put glasses on him, and it's like, holy crap. There he is. <laughs> that's that's him. And he even has the same goofball smile. Not mm-hmm. you would expect it to change, but it's like, son of a bitch. It's almost right. creepy. Yeah. So, yes, we are going to have to watch it. Yeah, of course. And what better time for it to come out than um, Christmas? I think it makes sense. Sure. Why not? You know. Why not? But it's not like they did with Die Hard by releasing it in July, even though it is a Christmas movie. Can't even be argued anymore at this point. I think I'm going to have to get the Hans Gruber advent calendar. God, that was great. 
I just it feels it feels right this year. And you know what? It's something you should have given your penchant for kitsch. Yeah, it just I saw that and was like, that's um, that that's a gotta get. That's a, that seems I gotta get that next to the movie tree. Have to do it. But uh, yeah, as we said, we're just gonna be a, a segment filled with up and coming, what's happening kind of stuff. They have formulated an Evil Dead sequel. It's now official. Yeah, it, this is more of a. Uh, I mean, it, okay, this was teased back before Ash versus the Evil Dead, um, that they're going to kind of reboot it with new characters, but you're going to have uh, uh, Raimi and Campbell were going to be EPs on it. They still are. And this Twitter account has been basically dead for a while. And then it kind of took a backseat to ask Ash versus the evil dead. And then when that ended at New York comic con in 2019, Ramey himself said there's more coming in the universe. And then the account for the, uh, evil dead reborn, whatever this was going to be called, um, suddenly came back online on Twitter. Not too long ago. Evil dead rise. Sorry. Halloween day. Yes. So I guess that uh, generated a viral sensation of sorts in that universe. Mm-hmm. So it that's the thing is this this kind of stuff has been talked about it seems like forever. But they are definitely doing a sequel. It will not have Bruce Campbell though. Right. Which he is has, which I mean yeah, it's time. I think it's time. You know, he said too it's to like I'm just too old for this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, it. everybody's, you know, not everybody, but people are concerned about Lee Cronin being the new one to take over the reins from Sam Raimi. But Raimi is the one who's picked this guy. So, I, I mm-hmm. you know, and they have the full, he has the full support of Bruce Campbell and Raimi. So it's not like, oh, you know, we're going to retell the story with modern sensibilities or what, you know, it's. Yeah, I don't see that happening with this one. Uh, it looks like the bosses are uh, ushering this through, so they're definitely sitting over the top watching, approving, stuff like that. One interesting side note, though, is it's an older story, but uh, Bruce Campbell did say he'd be willing to work with an animated version. Yes. In that universe. So. Yeah, in order to keep the Ash vs. Evil Dead franchise alive, he he said he would do the voice if they were to go animated. So there's still hope. Would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he's he just has the voice though. I mean, on right. camera he's got the jaw, but off camera still works. That and, jaw, that chiseled jaw. But he did a good turn on Archer. He did. That was a that was a pretty cool one too. I mean, it was pretty much straight man stuff. But it was the whole time it was like, look, God, that's Bruce Campbell. That is Bruce Campbell right there. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's, and you, you just can't. He's got an unmistakable voice. Definitely, definitely. He's uh, he's wanted. Let's just say that. Hell, I liked him in Burn Notice. I liked him in uh, Jack of All Trades and uh, Briscoe County. So the guy's a fixture. There's got to be more of him. Let's just say that. Yeah. Meanwhile, over at Netflix, this is funny. The, the deeply popular 
Witcher series is going to have a bit of a makeover. Oh, not that one. That's not funny. That's tragic. <laughs> yeah, the funny one will come up. But um, no, we were talking about earlier where uh, Warner's is uh, leaning heavily to get Superman back on track, and it looks like Henry Cavill is going to be pulled over into that, making him unavailable for The Witcher. Which, I mean, it. what sucks is that when they talked about making The Witcher for seven series, uh, Cavill said he was on board for all of it, as long as they stayed true to the source material. So you have to wonder, is it the Superman thing that we talked about earlier, or is it the fact that they're kind of not straying from the source material so much, but not respecting it as much as they should? Well, I also, and this is pure speculation on my part, no source, nothing to lean on. I also wonder if he hasn't been in protracted talks for James Bond. Also possible. Because the basic, it wasn't even really an an announcement. It was more, basically, they didn't say Idris Elba won't be in the role, but just indicated he would not. (laughs) Right, that was in the... uh, um... We had covered the week it. I took off. Yeah, you and Jeff covered that brilliantly. They were they were basically saying they they were targeting an age group. Yes, and well, they wanted it. Yeah, they they wanted it under forty. They wanted it in their thirties, and Cavill is coming in at thirty nine, so he could. But you know what? By the time they started production, he's going to age out by, with their criteria. I think he'd be a fantastic Bond. Yeah, I think it'd work. I think I think it makes sense and. For once, he'd be able to go with his full British accent. So Yes, instead of constantly <laughs> squashing it to be Superman and... Yeah. Be interesting to hear him in that capacity, but no, I think... I don't think I, I've I, ever actually heard him, except for I like the Graham Norton show. Yeah, I, I don't either, and it, it's like every so often it comes out, it's like, oh, that's right, I forget he's English. It's, he's supposed to be British. Like he, that's got to... But the... Um, And that's the only reason I'm wondering if, you know, because his dedication to this series is like, what the hell is pulling him out of this? Could be Superman. I would think Netflix would work around a schedule. But if there's Superman and another franchise he's doing, i.e. Bond. Right. That might preclude inclusion. So. And one of the things Daniel Craig always said, too, he's he said the thing with Bond and why he wanted to quit it is it's just such a physically taxing role. Even with, even if you do have stuntmen and you're not, you know, like doing your own stunts, like say, you know, Tom Cruise or whatever, um, it's just the the commitment to being Bond is exhausting. And props oh, to Roger it. Moore for doing it for so long. I mean, you got to understand too when you look at even something like a chase scene in a car. Uh huh. He's probably, you know, on screen for what, 30, 45 seconds or so. That's a whole day of shooting. That it could entail four or five days, actually. Right. You know, they got to do coverage. They got to do different angles. You know, now we got to shoot from the chase car. Now we got to shoot from above. And some of it you can duplicate on the same drive. But I mean, that's that alone is taxing because you're talking about lengthy days. You got to reset everything from the start. And there's all of that is just time consuming and physically draining. 
if he's doing a chasing, let's say, you know, going across a rooftop or something, they probably have to film that 15, 20 times. Right. You know, somebody slips and falls. All right, rap, got to go back to the beginning. Boom, do it again and do it again and do you know that kind of thing. So I I can understand that. Hell yeah, and might also be why they need a younger guy. Sure, <laughs> like sure, Idris Elba still looks good, but can he do this? Well, the thing <laughs> is, they want somebody who can commit to a decade. Oh, that's the other thing. Yeah, I, I mean, going back because if you remember, like in the Sean Connery, Roger Moore era they were pumping out a bond film every other year mm-hmm. so i mean that, that was when actors had stamina so you know it was kind of, now we're getting a bond film what every five years but also too the the action has been stepped up over time sure. and the way they film and actually involve the director like the old Bond movies with more and stuff like that. Whenever there was an action scene, it was shot wide from behind because it wasn't him, you know, right. that kind of stuff. Now you've got the actor inside of a car when it gets T-boned. You've got them on a gimbal where the whole thing spins around when the car flips in the street and that kind of stuff. So they are mandating actors do a hell of a lot more while the action itself is doing a lot more. And it's if they were to make lot- Moonraker today, they'd have to restart the shuttle program. <laughs> nah, they just CGI that crap. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. Yeah, exactly. But replacing Cavill on The Witcher is Liam Hemsworth, Thor's brother. Um, for the fourth season, uh, that'll that's set to debut because the third season's already in the can and will be coming out. Fourth, uh, third season's expected to debut next summer. But there's also a four-episode prequel called Witcher Blood Origin, which is coming out this Christmas. And this um, this is like a big, big series, huh? Because I've never watched episode one. It's um, Before my most recent suspension, I asked, why was it we were all mad? Because I, I didn't get to watch it when it came out. And I, I, I binged the whole second season um, a few months back. So why was it everybody was mad at it? Because it was pretty damn good. And while it didn't, it started to stray a little bit from the source material and the characters were doing things out of character. It... It wasn't bad. It was good. And the first season is when you understand the hook of the first season is that it's not um, linear. It bounces all over the place. Then as a story and you're having to put it together, and if you're not putting it together along the way, the last episode kind of puts it together for you that this was a nonlinear season. Then you have to go back and watch it all again. It's like watching The Usual Suspects. What did I fucking miss mm-hmm. that made this obvious? Right. So. Gotcha. But yeah, Love no, that. it's a big deal. Usual Suspects is one of my faves. Mm-hmm. Got to be one of the better scripts ever written. But yeah, this is, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just curious that it's got that much material. I mean, they've already committed to seven seasons and now they got the spinoffs going and such. It's like, holy damn. Several video games, books. It's yeah, they have material for days. It's it's they a very big fran- it, it was an actual very big franchise without being a movie or TV show. <laughs> All right. Well, more to come. Well, this is the one that kind of amused me. On Netflix, just started, in fact, a new miniseries called Blockbuster. Yes, dedicated to Blockbuster Video. 
<laughs> you like you, you really have to enjoy the premise of this is that the guy who runs the last blockbuster all the other blockbusters are gone including the parent company and so he becomes the sole proprietor of the last blockbuster yeah and it's uh, been one of the more popular documentaries there mm-hmm. is a final remaining blockbuster in existence same yeah store logos and branding inside the place and all that. Not sure how they do it without a corporate overlord, but somewhat based on this. The cool thing is as a Netflix show, they're going to be slamming Netflix in character. Yeah. it, it Yeah. In name too. It kind of, I mean, you have to appreciate the fact that, I mean, this is, I want to call it the new Netflix where they can actually poke fun at themselves. They're not up their own ass as we have seen Netflix be. I've been using that phrase a lot tonight. Um, as we have seen Netflix be <laughs> recently. Um, but yeah, you know, they're kind of you know, taking the piss out of themselves and streaming in general. Yeah, that's I, I think you're absolutely right. I think it is reflective of the new management tone i think we can thank dave Chappelle for this for mm-hmm. I, I think his whole episode has opened eyes inside corporate headquarters They're like wait a second we don't have to be little bitches every time these people bark and moan about something stupid and found out guess what they're not paying a social price as a result right <clears throat> i mean yeah the first half of the year their stock was tanking but that wasn't really blowback to any kind of social insurrection that they created. I, I think that was actually indicative of um, their hiding their numbers and the opposite of what they expected to happen. You know, they were afraid of uh, social blowback for, you know, not bending the knee. And so by bending the knee, they actually felt the social blowback the other way, which just goes to show what I say all the time. that Twitter is not real life. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> the the numbers on Twitter crack me up when they actually break them down. It's like the the percentage of people on Twitter is like five percent of the country. Twenty percent of that is active, right. <laughs> and then of that number, like five percent are the active users on Twitter like on a regular daily basis or something. So it's like really a, a fraction of a percentage point on Twitter daily. Yeah. I mean, globally, the numbers are higher outside of the U S but with the cratering of meta and Facebook. And I think you're going to see that shift of all the boomers coming over to Twitter, which would explain a lot of the memes, but um, that'll actually kind of like soften the you know yeah, i mean Im- impact of the uh, suburban white woman <laughs> which we really need to shut them down until we figure out what's going on jesus christ i mean twitter is not mainstream it's a megaphone right it come down to yeah i and i will sit there and slam it and trash it and i'm on it daily because that's where i work so gotta do it that's called self loathing brad it is. It is. I punch mirrors on a daily basis. What can I say? It's that, you know, grudge fuck. The uh, masochistic lifestyle of a blue check. Right. <laughs> as long as I can, until I can't afford it anymore. 
<laughs> no, it's a, that's that's the thing, and I think Netflix figured out is like, you know what, we're a shit ton of a bigger company than Netflix than what's going on Twitter there. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> people are going to you for fun and enjoyment and escapism, not to wallow in their misery. Yes, we're not there to be lectured. We're there to make fun of the lecturers. So, yeah, hopefully that's the case. I mean, if they're willing to sit there and make fun of themselves. I mean, it's one of the things I can't stand is when a corporation is just that tight-assed about. Don't you dare besmirch the brand. Don't tarnish the brand. Shut up and have some fun, would you? So, yeah, for them to um, create a show that's actually going to turn around and lambaste them on camera, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Hey, Cranky, do, uh, is Rick chomping at the bit? Do we have anybody following us? I know he mentioned he might do a show tonight. But, you know, we can fire through these last two stories, even if he is coming in behind us. Uh, the two things that weren't in your rundown, Brad, two very important news bits of the last 24 hours. <laughs> yes, if we can call it that. Well, um, they are in the news, and they have become bits. True, true. I mean, this is in my uh, wheelhouse of what I cover, but um, let's see. Which one you want to go with first? I'll oh, they're all good. <laughs> well, I, I had to laugh at this one because, you know, CNN is talking about revamping things, but on the slow. It's a slow burn. We're not going to yank everybody's tail out right away. But one of the changes they made was taking Jake Tapper and sticking him into primetime. Chris Cuomo's old spot. There you go, Bard. All right, you're one of the mediocre ones. You're come what at least you could see the middle of the road. So we're gonna give you a show in prime time. <laughs> that lasted what, two weeks, three weeks? <laughs> we're gonna experiment with uh Jake Tapper at the nine PM slot and see how it does. And we'll we'll run it through the election now. Yeah, that was my surprise. Um, they they indicated like he was going to be their go-to for elected. They came out with the announcement already. Done. Back to 4 which, o'clock with you, Jake. Which was funny. Until he actually shit the bed and started picking sides, he was actually considered pretty even-keeled. So, you know, it wasn't until like 2020 that his mask fell. But from 16 to 20, yeah, he, you know, he... He showed a little bit of a Trump derangement, but he wasn't completely off the fucking boards. And then after 2020, he went off the boards and big surprise. Nobody wants to watch him anymore. It's I got to say, it's kind of sad because I've always wanted to like the guy. Like I could appreciate, you know, Grant, he's going to be left leaning to some degree. I can accept sure. that he would at least play both sides on occasion. He would be even handed on certain stories. Plus on top of that, he does have a bit of a sense of humor. He could talk culture items and stuff too at times, sports, of course, big Philly guy. So it's like, he can be a regular dude. If he just let him do it. Nope. Gotta be a whiny bitch. And I, I just had to laugh about it today when the announcement came out and I saw another headline that I just had to screenshot and kind of throw it in his face on Twitter where Jimmy Kimmel of all people, was quoted by Jake Tapper on his show. And it wasn't that bad enough. It was the, the quote was like about Elon Musk, where he called him like a little shit or something. And uh-huh. like Jake paraphrased it. He's like, this is what Tapper's covering. Really? Kimmel. <laughs> Big mystery. Why you got pushed back to four o'clock there, champ. Yeah. Yeah. So. Speaking of Kimmel, um, 
one of the uh, articles I didn't drop for the show is that he has acknowledged that his becoming political has cost him 50% of his viewership. No shit. When you Stop insult it. half the country, you're going to lose half your viewers. Just, I mean, you know, I'm not good at math, but nothing, nothing. Carry the four. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you, you lose half. Well, wait, no, you said half. He said 50%. Oh, well, fuck me then. Maybe this is why it took him five years to realize. Yeah, <laughs> this would take place. I mean, I I even crack up about the View. Not that I watch that show, but a couple of the news sites I go to have people dedicated to cover it. Those poor sons of bitches. I mean, like today, I think it was or yesterday. Sunny Hostin, she literally came out and called white Republican women roaches. Yeah. Now, why would you want them to watch your show? I mean, not that they actually probably were, but. <laughs> like, yeah, and, I, will I, it I, never I, occur to these people that you're actually pushing dry? You're telling people not to watch your show at some right. point. Let's see. Who are the people watching the view during the day? Um, retired women. Uh, stay-at-home moms and self-employed types, uh, unemployed, <coughs> suburban. I mean, like the you know, ones liberal white women selling retro purses out of the garage. Those kind of what you know they'll yeah. put. Yeah, how bitches it, You know that? Yeah. So I mean, again, that's if any right-leaning woman was still watching the View, um, you get what you deserve. Um, and holy shit, I just, you, for the side who keeps saying that the other side wants to start the civil war, they sure are, you know, firing those shots, you know, they're, they're firing on Fort Ticonderoga. <laughs> well, that's, that's the other amusing thing is that they never have that ability to step back and maybe self-analyze. Talk about MSNBC, how they keep declaring next week is going to be the end of democracy. Yes. You know, by by freely voting your choice of a leader, you're going to end democracy, which would take away your freedom of choice. How's that work again? Wait, right. what? But we have to subvert democracy in order to save democracy. <laughs> the great one was last night on Chris Hayes. He had Michael Beschloss. The absolute worst fucking historian on the planet since Howard Zinn. I had to watch us. I had to watch his segment like three times to compile the list that he was promising is going to take place on Tuesday. Republicans win end of democracy, of course, end of free elections, um, end of historians figure out where that came from um, publishing would go down the drain freedom of the press would be gone there will be uh, authoritarian rule violence in the streets and my favorite your children can be arrested and or murdered i'm doing the nacho libra nodding thing i'm you drop the gift from time to time but yeah i'm unaware of a plan to arrest school 
children. I've not heard this platform. For what exactly, though? Is it just a, we'll arrest your children for? <laughs> That's what I was waiting. I was like, they don't well, need this a reason. They'll no. just do it. Don't think they but won't. The, but what never dawns on any of these people as they're floating this bullshit on the air. All, all of these doom and gloom scenarios they're promising are going to happen. Funny thing, Republicans are stomping on their necks in just about every single poll I'm looking at. Right. I no, guess it, people the, want this. The I fear guess is people real. want their kids arrested. <laughs> really, I mean, think about it. <laughs> it just, I had to deal with them 24-7 during the pandemic. Those damn raps. And yeah, after two years of being locked up with your kids, you'd want them arrested too. Yeah, haul them away now. Please, <laughs> do it. Send straight to Gitmo. Straight to but fucking I, Gitmo. It's like where... And the other funny thing is they keep insisting that the GOP is the party trafficking in fear. Well, my favorite thing about (laughs) Michael Beshoss is as a presidential historian, he's never actually said one accurate word about any president ever. I, I, based on any of his media appearances, I would never read or trust anything the guy says historically. Right. (laughs) Or even rhetorically. If he told me... The North won the Civil War. I'm going to need a second opinion. Yeah, I need to look that up. I, I, I need I need a, I need another source, Mike. Sorry. I yeah, I, love because according to him, every election that the Republicans win, we are literally the man from High Castle. <laughs> it just I, I mean, it floors me sometimes. I just watch this stuff and it's like, do, do, do any of you people even listen to what you're saying? No. no. OK. Last well, week, I saw Larry O'Donnell compare John Fetterman to FDR. Well, and the fact that they're both in a wheelchair. <laughs> and Churchill. He put him in the same category as these two. The fact that they're both absolutely drunk. Yeah, I, maybe Churchill at three o'clock well, in the morning would sound like Fetterman. actually drunk, the other one just through fate. Permanently drunk. <laughs> Hello, good night. Hey, I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just waiting for Fetterman maybe accomplish something. I, I shouldn't make fun of people in strokes, but you know what? It's like with Biden. Your family's putting you out there. You, they've made you the punchline, not me. But while we're talking about NBC, there's something else happening on another NBC property. Yeah, this uh, but things have came down yesterday, right? Um, yesterday or today? I think the Tapper story was yesterday. This is today. This just came out um, 9 a.m. Pacific. No, because I was talking about Shep yesterday, Jake, this morning. Okay. I mean, it's like bang, bang, but Shepard Smith has been canceled from CNBC. He was pulled from Fox News to fill in at their, what, six, five o'clock, six o'clock slot? See, Shep, back during the day, um, he was the friendly face to sell the global war on terror. I mean, I remember when we first went into Afghanistan and Iraq on Fox and Friends, they'd have man cow in the mornings on there just fawning over Shep. He's so dreamy. He was the face to sell the war. I guess, yeah, and then you know he he kind of became like the mod, the middle of the road, the straight news guy, if you will, and you know occasionally would inject his opinion and 
sometimes it was conservative, sometimes he was leftist, and people, it's okay, he's giving us the news. We're not here for Hannity stuff. Right. Give, give us what you got. And then, yeah, we're here for news, not opinion. Okay, cool. And Shep was good at reading a prompter. But he kind of, I don't know, the last few years on Fox, he turned surly. <laughs> he just, he, was, he seemed to be sour every single night. Yeah, like, that's fair. That's fair. Believe what these fuckers have got me doing. I'm, like, <laughs> like, I'm not making funny. Hannity money. I want to do commentary too. Well, okay. Well, you know, we he already <laughs> had one of those. It was Alan Combs. You're no Alan Combs. So he got exiled. Well, not exiled. He kind of left on his own, I guess, and was like, "That's yeah. it. I'm done. I'm gone. I'm taking CNBC. Ten million a year he was getting from CNBC." All two not, years of it. Not draw an audience at all. No. I mean, yeah. literally, I've forgotten he was over there because even in covering the media, Shepard Smith doesn't appear in the cycle too often. It's been so long since I've watched Fox News. I was actually reminded reading this article that he left Fox News and he was over at CNBC. No, I was just, I, I mean, I remember when it was news that he was moving, you know, that kind sure. of thing. I mean, I don't, I don't watch a ton of Fox either outside of, you know, oh, you got to see this clip, and that's when I watch it. But mm-hmm. otherwise, I really don't. So it's – but you would think at some point in time something would be said or he'd break some news or a guest would say nothing. I mean nothing in the last couple of years. Right. So to the point – oh, that's right. He is over there. Oh, and he got canceled. Huh. It's like that quick. Whoa. He's a CNBC now. He's not. I'm just, I've got to admit, I'm very surprised that Jim Acosta is still with us. I, yeah, just, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's it's not like he's pulling numbers that's insulating him on Saturday and Sunday. No, he really isn't. I mean, I. And I would think, I, I mean, if they're trying to clean up image and, and straight middle of the road commentary, I mean, this guy is going to be as resistant to that as they get. Yeah, he ain't it. Between him and Don Lemon, who they moved to mornings and just delivered some abysmal ratings already this week in their premiere. Shocker. Um, if they do okay, so here's my thing. If they don't watch these people in prime time, what makes you think they're going to watch them in daytime? <laughs> you go from daytime to prime time. You don't go the other way. When you're going out, you go from prime time to weekend, and then you are gone, <laughs> and nobody notices. And they say, "What happened to Don Lemon?" Well, the nobody thing is, knows. maybe he retired. The show that they replaced was called New Day. This is the one with Brianna Keller. Yes. John Avalon. They revamped that uh, about a year and a half ago. Big launch. CNN mornings. This is going to be. Not so much. Started below the ratings of their intro. (laughs) The show they were replacing and just continued to erode. I mean, they were pulling like most of last year, less than 500,000 this year under 400,000. To the point they're like, well, we can't do much worse if we put Don Lemon and the other big names in there with him. Poppy Harlow, who everybody loves, I suppose. Nope. 
Nope. They drew like what three hundred and seventy thousand, and in the demo was about seventy. You know, that's kind of like when uh, Tater's reruns were doing better than Tater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Well, I think it's going to wrap it for us. I think so. I think that we, you know, we we unpacked all that jam. <laughs> yes. We filled the donut, and now we can put them out for sale. So tell us, Ordy, in the yes. uh, new revamped Twitter under Elon Musk, where can people find you? Well, thank you for asking, Brad. They can find me as uh, Yoder Secreto on Twitter. You can find me Wednesday nights with Rick on Rick and Ordy. You can find me alternating Saturdays, not this Saturday, next Saturday on Juxtaposition with Rick also, where we delve into the conspiratainment things. We just wrapped up <laughs> a month of October doing a show every weekend on going a deep dive into ghosts. So... That, that's our bag there. And then you can find me every fortnight here with you doing the entertainment that people need to know because I know celebrity gossip against my will. How about you, Brad? Where can people find you? Well, I'm available on multimedia. You can find me on a daily basis over at Town Hall with my daily column there called Riff from the Headlines regularly on the front page of Red State where I also have a twice-weekly podcast called liable sources where I dive into the muck and mayhem of the mainstream medium. Has Tanner threatened to sue you for that yet? Um, really can't because he didn't make that up. Okay. He took, uh, he took that over from Howie Kurtz. In fact, Oh, that's right. So no options. Yeah. Go tell your story walking spud. Right. On top of that, though, I'm on this very network, alternate Thursday evenings. I'm here with Paul Young from ScreenRant.com as we take you to the dark side of Hollywood with bad movies on Disasters in the Making. And Tuesdays, usually, I'm here doing culture and leisure and cocktails with the fair and ever effervescent Aggie Reekin as we do the cocktail lounge. But might have a programming change this week for the election. I think we're doing KLRN coverage, though. We'll see how that goes. Could be some revamped entertainment that evening. We'll see how it goes. Things are in the works is what I mean. Teaser. And then if you need more of me than that, let's face it, you do. You head over to Twitter. I'm at Martini Shark. You can also find me under my name on Instagram, Truth Social. Basically, you want me, you'll find me. All right. We are going to be back here in two weeks as we compile more of the vital information you need for your entertainment purposes here on The Culture Shift. Hail Hydra. And of course, oh, one good wait, a wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. No, no, no. We, got we do one. have oh, a public God, service people. announcement. <laughs> they're here. Okay. <laughs> go. Our producer, Cranky, has. Yeah, a, no trouble interjecting uh, at the beginning, Cranky. Go. Okay, okay. No problem. Um, well, unlike. A certain Amish person who can uh, get 5,000 followers every two weeks when he recreates an account. Your buddy here, Cranky, took some bad social media advice and uh, deleted his Cranky account and came back under his real name with the hope of being a sexy social media influencer. Um, But I built it. They're not coming. So, friends, if you can give me a follow at Gordon, my name, G-O-R-D-O-N, underscore Kushner, not that Kushner, but K-U-S-H-N-E-R, you'll... Be treated to the new me, kinder, gentler, ninety percent less cranky. Thank you for hearing me out. God bless. 
you know, what you should do is get everybody together and do like a uh, staggered group promotion. Follow yes. Because uh, I didn't know you actually wanted to get that one out there. I thought that was a low key account. So I'll be more than happy to FF you on a Thursday. Giggity. Jesus, <laughs> it's Twitter after dark, it sounds like. Hey, 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 hey. Yes, follow Gordon Kushner. Thank at... you, guys. Now. Oh. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra.
Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.